You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. sports.com also here as your trusty if not talented host of the program the show as always brought to you by peterbrook chocolates here out there at 1530 mcfarland boulevard north in the indian hills section of tuscaloosa gonna be another warm one today get by peterbrook maybe mid-afternoon well you know what right now work too get by peterbrook and try out one of those outstanding gelato flavors the italian ice cream as it's known in West Central Alabama, in these parts, as we like to say. The gelato is outstanding. Everything you're going to find there, you're going to like. I mean, who doesn't like chocolate? Well, other than one Power 5 head football coach in the metropolitan Tuscaloosa area, apparently. But Peter Brook's going to take good care of you. Joined, as always, on the program by executive producer Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60 minute Boo. Of Sports Talk Radio. Now, Joe Gaither, you're fresh from Northport last night. You were at that, uh, were you at that Tuscaloosa County Bryant lid lifter last night? I was there. I uh, enjoyed my evening there there last night. Yeah, I like the coverage. If you followed on the Twitter, the uh, Tide 109 Twitter feed, you were up to speed, man. We had video highlights for you there. A game, I guess, of course, right, Joe Gaither? In 2020, the game had to be delayed by something, right? It was and I guess perfect. it was lightning. Yeah, we were uh, – everybody was warming up and we were on the field, and I looked over uh, over our shoulder over the stadium, and I said, oh, yeah, there, here comes the delay. We were delayed uh, from – well, an hour and a half officially, but they, they put the lightning clock on at 6.30. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty common early in seasons you know when you play football in august as early as we do now not all that uncommon anymore back in my day you know 35 40 years ago for crying out loud it's amazing to think about what they allowed us to play in back in the 80s you know a kid of the 70s into the 80s not just in football i mean they let us play in absolutely anything in football it was that sort of belief that that was part of it you know, and baseball, not so much. If there was lightning or something, you know, they would they would get us off diamonds. But football, it was pretty much anything goes. But, yeah, and it's looking like, based on the weather we've already had this morning, uh, you could be seeing some more of those delays later this evening. We hope not, because you're going to have Northridge, the Hoodridge, traveling to Sipsy Valley tonight to get things going. Our Jags on the road at Sipsy Valley, you we'll also there. will have Holt at Central tonight, I believe. We'll be there? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll be there at uh, Northridge, Sipsy Valley, and at Holt and Central. Yeah, there you go. We got a blanket coverage here on Tide 100.9. Uh, uh, Captain Ray, is Captain Ray doing the uh, the wrap-up show tonight, too? 10 to 11, and we're starting a new show this year, 6 to 9. It'll be Friday Night Lights. It'll be Jacob Harrison and Kerry Clark uh, hosting a, a football-centric show, high school, college, and pro. But obviously tonight will be uh, centered around yeah. high school football. There you go. Kind of a red zone for high school football, maybe, is exactly. what we're talking about here. There you go. I like it. 
And uh, you're going to have Hillcrest, I guess, over at Homewood. I'll be there. Golly, that Joe Gaither. Super Joe. We're going to start calling him Super Joe Gaither because he's you know, apparently he's got a cape and he can fly around to all these high school football Well, I've got a team going around to uh, – I'll be at Hillcrest yeah. and Homewood. I've got uh, t- teammates who are going up to the other games. Yeah. Joe's got a squad. I love it. Absolutely love it. Great stuff right here on Tide 100.9 FM. If you're a high school football fan, and then, of course, we'll have a lot of college football talk for you throughout today's program. We're going to check in with Charlie Potter, my colleague there, at BamaOnline.com. We'll get Alabama-centric with Charlie coming up in just a little bit. I screened Pops earlier today uh, before he jumped on that uh, Bermuda grass down there. You know, that rain and everything there in northeast Florida, that Bermuda grass of Pops, it's becoming more and more of a beast for him to try to tame. You know, he's gotten to the point now in his early 70s where he'll cut the backyard on Thursday and then he'll tackle that front yard on Friday. So we'll check in with Pops and uh, get his thoughts on a myriad of topics coming up later in the program as well. And you're certainly welcome to check in if you would like, 205 342 9904. You also had what Northside with a win last night over Barry to get things going. So there you go. We don't want to forget anybody here on the program. Uh, again, a lot of things to get into. You're hearing more uh, newsy type items in relation to the COVID 19 virus. North Carolina has paused workouts now there in Chapel Hill as the university transitions entirely to remote learning. What I took from that, though, was that similar to Alabama, you still have people on campus in residence halls. So the plan at North Carolina and some other places continues to be to press forward, to continue to move forward toward what we hope will be a fall season of college football. And we talked about this in the last couple of days. You know, you hear situations in the ACC like North Carolina and Syracuse. And, yes, money is still a big part of it. You're still trying to salvage as much of the financial aspect of this thing as you possibly can. But for schools in the ACC, there's basketball. Basketball is as big a carrot as anything. you know. Because if you throw in the towel right now, you're essentially saying, well, we can't play basketball in November either. You know, we're saying that the earliest we can play hoops – is January. So North Carolina trying to weather some situations uh, as we move forward. Uh, we told you yesterday, Jacksonville State now going to play Florida State on October the 3rd in Tallahassee. Pretty interesting with the Ohio Valley Conference, an FCS league that has allowed its member schools to play four non conference football games this fall. And then they're going to have a spring season after the new year. How about that? Kind of a two-for-one. And if you're JSU, you absolutely go pick up that check from Florida State in about a month and a half. You heard from Troy yesterday. Troy University announces a 12-game schedule. First game set for September the 5th. I believe it's ULM, although you heard from ULM today. ULM now looking at a pause situation due to a spike in cases. So it's day-to-day, man. And then, of course, we hear from the SEC earlier that uh, this wasn't a surprise to me that the SEC is going to mandate three tests prior to competition in contact sports. Not a big surprise there. I think the Big 12 had already implemented that. And then you also saw sort of a reinforcement from Greg Sankey in the league in relation to the cardiovascular aspect of the COVID-19 uh, virus uh, and, and the situations that we've talked about a ton here on this program uh, going two weeks back, and we've been talking about it, myocarditis, things like that. Um, and so the SEC making it very clear in that statement earlier today that that is a big part of the screening process and the return to uh, action sort of protocol that the SEC has in place. Two zero five three four two. 9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Now, if you're an Alabama fan, and we'll talk with Charlie about some of this coming up, you heard from defensive coordinator Pete Golding yesterday. Pete Golding going into that um, into that second full season as a uh, full-time defensive coordinator at the Capstone. Uh, 
you know, look, we outlined some of it yesterday at the close of the program. And look, among many in this fan base, this Alabama fan base, Pete Golding's got a lot to prove. And listening to Pete Golding yesterday, he didn't back away from it. You know, he did not once, by my count anyway, maybe Joe Gaither was plugged in and maybe he heard different. But not by by my count, I didn't hear Pete Golding once go to the injury card yesterday. Not in relation to the performance of the 2019 defense. He did talk about, as I would too, excitedly, uh, how much he appreciates having Dylan Moses back around. Not only in terms of the physical attributes and the talent that Dylan Moses brings to that defense, but... As Pete Golding outlined yesterday, at about the same time Dylan Moses was injured a year ago, almost to this very day, over there off Bryant Drive, he was truly starting to exhibit the leadership skills that Pete Golding was looking for. According to Pete Golding, the day before Dylan Moses went down with that knee injury, he saw Dylan Moses for the first time in his time together with Dylan at UA, really get into a teammate following a practice or get into that position group, those linebackers as a whole, and say, look, there is a standard here at Alabama that at least in the Saban era, and you can go well back. It's not just the Saban era, as we know. You want to talk about linebacker you step up Penn State any day of the week, Alabama can go there, go well back there. You want to go back to Leroy Jordan. Uh, you want to go back to you know, Woodrow Lowe. You want to get into Cornelius Bennett, Derek Thomas. Uh, and then certainly, again, in the Nick Saban era, you, know, you get to Rolando McClain. You get to Dante Hightower. You get into C.J. Mosley. And you keep pushing forward with the linebackers that we've seen throughout time, and especially in recent history at that spot. That was sort of the presence that Dylan Moses was really starting to take on. And then a day later, he's out for the season with a knee injury. So, you know, you did hear that from Pete Golding yesterday. But again, he owned it. You know, you, me, whoever, we can sit here and outline the reasons. I outlined some of them again yesterday. And they were legitimate, as we talked about before. There are reasons and then there are excuses now, look, the reasons for Alabama's struggles throughout last season, um, to an extent, were very legitimate. I thought more so at the end of the year, once you get to the 10th, 11th, 12th game, that's when I can listen to the harshest of critics of Pete Golding. Because there were still some things happening, even in the Iron Bowl, that shouldn't be happening in the 12th game of the season. Uh, Even in the bowl game against Michigan, maybe earlier in that game, you saw some issues that 13 games into a season, regardless of the injuries and the turnover, you've got enough reps, you've got enough time under your belt that some of these fundamental breakdowns should not be taking place. So Pete addressed that yesterday, and we'll ask Charlie about some of those comments as well. He really went throughout the defense. Um, You know, made it a point talking about that defensive front uh, mentioned Christian Barmore, unsolicited mention of Christian Barmore. If you're an Alabama fan, that's absolutely what you want to hear. Because when you consider the true playmakers, yes, you're going to have LeBron Ray back, and he should be able to certainly give you some of that. But the best Alabama defenses over these last 13, 14 seasons under Nick Saban, they've always had pretty much more than one dude. Now, you can go back to 2007. And you had Wallace Gilberry and pretty much everybody else. And Gilberry had a hell of a year in Nick Saban's first season. But whether you get into sort of Ashawn Robinson and Jaron Reed, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, Quentin Williams and even Isaiah Bugs a couple of years ago, there's always been more than one. And so whereas you look at LeBron Ray and you say, yeah, this is going to be our unquestioned leader of this group when it comes to production you need at least one more guy to go with them and I think again one of the positive byproducts of playing all those guys last year including three true freshmen uh, 
is that you should see a major uptick. You have to. I mean, we're talking about saving era lows for that defensive front last year. And some of those primary aspects like sacks, quarterback hurries, tackles for loss, and those things. So we'll get into some more of that with Charlie Potter coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, You're not going to have block seating at Bryant-Denny Stadium during this limited capacity season. How about that? Some of the Greek haters have been on the timeline. I retweeted that this morning, and boy, the Greek haters showed up. Kind of like Joe Gaither's high school football coverage squad, they showed up. Coming out of the woodwork, out of the nooks and crannies. You know, I'm not I'm not sure. I've never yeah. been a, a real I've never been a real Greek person, but now I've got one in the system over there. Am I supposed to be offended now by the gray Cadus? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Cap is it, I'm told. I, it better be for that check we're going to be writing. Hey, we'll be back with more, including Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. The show brought to you in part by Chase's Cleaning. Whether you're talking about residential, you're talking about commercial. Chase's residential and commercial cleaning is the call for you. Yashika Barnes does an outstanding job. She is the CEO and driving force there at Chase's residential and commercial commercial cleaning. Very dependable, very thorough. That's what you're looking for, first and foremost, in a cleaning service. Yashika and her crew can take care of you. 205-886-3616. Over 20 years of quality cleaning service when you're talking about Chase's residential and commercial cleaning, 205-886-3616. Charlie Potter coming up next on a Friday edition of Southern Pride Sports right after this. Mostly cloudy with a few passing showers and thunderstorms likely this afternoon and tonight. The high today 85, tonight's low 69. Tomorrow and Sunday, occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms both days. Highs between 84 and 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide! that time on Friday when we like to check in with my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job covering the Crimson Tide for us. There is a part of the 247sports.com network. Charlie, a good Friday to you, my friend. Thanks for having me on, man. It's been a been a busy week, but it's good to be back on the grind. So talk about that a little bit, just from a coverage standpoint, because I've been on this beat since 2003 pretty regular you've certainly done it for uh, several years now yourself uh just how different is it for a beat person working this this pandemic it's different uh i haven't left the house um i haven't shaved you know i've been wearing (laughs) basketball shorts uh every day but um you know it's it's good to to have football to to talk about um you know we've gone since march really without any kind of on-field activity i know alabama had voluntary uh involuntary and um walkthroughs earlier in the summer but for them to be on the practice field and to have interviews uh it's good i mean you know having them via zoom there's there's been some technical difficulties thankfully they haven't been 
when Nick Saban's uh, spoken to us, but um, you know, we're we're slowly learning it. it. It was though. I mean, it, like I said, we haven't really done much um, this off season in terms of just having availability. So just kind of having an onslaught uh, Monday with with Nick Saban. You had the roster updated. You had the schedule come out. Heck, even Alabama got a, a commitment. It's just been a whirlwind. Uh, it's been a week that's flown by, but you know, just. Um, it's weird not going out to practice. It's kind of strange sitting at home and being able to talk to Nick Saban, these coordinators, and the players. But you know, so far, it's it's gone well, and then hopefully they can keep it forward and we can continue to do this. So far this week, we have heard from Nick Saban, as you mentioned. We've heard from Steve Sarkeesian. We've heard from Devontae Smith. We've heard from Dylan Moses. But was it Pete Golding yesterday? that was maybe the most interesting of those individuals that we've heard from to this point, or was it, was it one of the other uh, aforementioned individuals? No, I, I agree with that. I mean, it was good to talk to Dylan again. Uh, we haven't heard from Dylan, from Dylan for a year. Um, I believe we talked to him uh, during preseason camp. I can almost bank on that, but if not, it was SEC media days. So to, to hear from him was, was refreshing. And of course, you know, he had a lot to say about the challenges of this past year, but no, I think Pete was, was definitely the, the most interesting. And you know, when the coordinators speak, um, you know, typically they're not going to reveal a lot. You're not going to get a lot of news out of them because you know that's Nick Saban's job. It's you know one team, one voice kind of deal. But we only get to talk to them you know twice a year, once before the season and, and once during the postseason. And um, yeah, I thought his comments were, were pretty intriguing. Um, obviously, he was asked about the criticism you know, the defense faced last year, and you know, on multiple occasions and in multiple answers, he said that's why he came here is because uh, Alabama has the number one defense or has had traditionally the number one defense, and that's what he wants to coach. And um, you know, whether it was mental errors, missed tackles, um, obviously, you had to play a lot of young players last year in place of some veteran guys like Dylan Moses, LeBron Ray, Josh McMillan, um, but. Yeah, you know, there there was just a lot of miscues last year, and I think that just you know what he said about trying to fix that uh, was interesting. And then you know he did a pretty good job, and I always enjoyed this just from uh, a personal standpoint of, of breaking down positions. You know, he talked about the outside linebackers, the cornerbacks, uh, the safeties. Um, you know, he had a great story about Dylan Moses, and you know the the journey he's been on this off season. Mm-hmm. So I think just from a, a substance standpoint, I think you know. He had the most out of the, what we've heard from people this week, but um, you know we still have interviews tomorrow. We're still going to talk to Nick Saban plenty this off season, and uh, hopefully that continues. I thought it was interesting that when you really consider defending the pass on defense, it sounded like what we kind of expected. I think going in, and that young guys have real opportunities, whether it's on the back end of that defense are in maybe some pass rush situations, Charlie, to get on the field quickly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's just there's a lot of opportunities for with spots available. You have to replace both your starters at outside linebacker, and then you look at Alabama's nickel defense, which is basically in more than anything else, and you have to replace four of five starters. So, you know, the young players, I think, have done a good job of, of impressing so far, but – just the, the spots that are open to them are plentiful. And, uh, you know, he was very complimentary of, of Christopher Allen and Ben Davis. And uh, I think those are the two outside linebackers that have been at the front of the line, um, you know, for most of this offseason and early on in, in fall camp. And, you know, that, that's good to hear on those guys because we've kind of been waiting for the, the light to come on for them. But it also sounds like, you know, they're trusted more just from a positional standpoint and knowing what to do and, and probably stopping the run more than anything. But when it comes to third down and getting after the passer, he said it a couple of times that they're going to get their best players on the field. And so, you know, there's been a lot of buzz about these young guys. Alabama signed the, the best uh, recruiting class um, in terms of linebackers last year in the country. So guys like Will Anderson and, and uh, Drew Sanders, I think are names that we could potentially see this fall. You also you know, have guys like King Makuda, Kevin Harris, who have been in the program. So I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see just, you know, what they do from, from that perspective because you know, in recent years we just haven't seen Alabama sub a lot of guys in at that position. I think that could be maybe a little different this year. And then from, you know, a secondary standpoint, you're going to have to play young guys because there's not a lot of depth. I mean, you have Patrick Sertan back. 
uh, you know, Josh Job, it sounds like those guys are going to be the corners. And then at safety, you have Jordan Battle and, and Daniel Wright. But then there's just a, a lot of spots in the rotation and it, spots like Star and Money where young guys are going to have to step up. And, uh, you know, he mentioned freshmen a couple of times when talking about the secondary. So, yeah, I think, you know, those spots more than anywhere else, at least on the defensive side of the ball, is where we're going to see some of those young guys step up. And I wish we were out there at practice to be able to see them, but Alabama's done a pretty decent job of sending out. Your photos and videos, and they're starting to trickle in some of those young guys. Yeah, that has been interesting seeing the uh, the, the photos and video. We we have to kind of pick through what we can, you know, right now <laughs> during this unprecedented times. But uh, what about Bryce Young um, and sort of the the vibe with him from hearing from Sark, and then you know Devonte Smith. I said this on the show a couple of days ago. Doesn't strike me a, as a guy of many words. But I heard him use the word great twice in relation to Bryce Young. Now, he may have been talking more about in the future, um, but but what's the feeling you get about Bryce Young considering he didn't have spring practice? Um, you know, obviously, Mac got the benefit of the starts last year and performed well in doing so. Uh, is the Is the anticipation, I guess, around Bryce Young still about what you thought it would be six months ago, or is it less, or is it even more? Yeah, I think the excitement's still there. Um, it hurts not having spring practice, though. And uh, I think that getting those opportunities to go through walkthroughs and um, you know, get in packages or get on the field with 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11 11 11 is beneficial. Uh, it obviously won't make up for you know, 15 days of, of full-on practices in the spring. but uh, And I think the elongated preseason helps a guy like Bryce Young because you're going to have 20, 25 practices, um, you know, that are spaced out and, and a lot of learning going on uh, during that. So I think that the way the offseason happened, um, it benefits a guy like Mac Jones because he's been in the program. He knows what to do. Um, and the younger guys kind of are, are hurt or hampered by it a little bit. But just from hearing from those guys and, and what's going on at practice since it started, and you know they haven't been in full pads yet. That'll start next week. But it sounds like Bryce is, is coming along. And, yeah, I mean, when a guy like Devontae Smith starts to talk highly of somebody, um, your ears kind of perk up a little bit because he doesn't say much. And those guys are trained to kind of um, – you know, quieten expectations and, and not hype up a guy too much. And you know, whether he was talking about now or in the future, I, I think a lot of people are excited about the potential uh, that Bryce has. And that was one thing that, that kind of stuck out to me about um, what Steve Sarkeesian said about him is just kind of looking down the road and, and what he's shown so far. And you can see the trajectory that he's on. And uh, I think he's going to be a really special player here before his time's up. Now, I would say from an injury standpoint, anyway, it sounds like, if you're an Alabama fan to this point uh, with all the injuries from last year and guys trying to come back, uh, it's been good news. Uh, it sounds like from that perspective. Yeah, it has. Um, the only guy that's been sidelined by an injury, at least we know of at this point has been Ali Kaho. And he's a guy that you know, he kind of um, shared during the off season on his Instagram story of what looked like a scary knee injury. He had a big brace on it, but Nick Saban said it was a slight knee injury and he's going to be out a few days and, um, yeah, that's the only one so far. Guys that were injured last year, Dylan Moses, Josh McMillan, LeBron Ray, DJ Dale, Trey Sanders, even Will Reichard, the kicker, all those guys are back on the field and, and they're good to go. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to hear from some of them as the, the preseason moves along. We've already heard from Dylan, but maybe if we hear from LeBron Ray, just – you know, how these guys are coming back because I think they're excited to be back on the field. And while they were probably hesitant early on in the summer, it sounds like they're comfortable now and, uh, you know, working to, to play, get back on the field and play again. So, yeah, I mean, um, injuries can always happen. Alabama fans know that. Um, I think that, you know, they're cautiously optimistic and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, this doesn't jinx it or anything, but it's been a good start to fall Campbell on the injury front. And talk about how this schedule is breaking down because we've talked in the past that it's not typical of a usual preseason or fall camp for a couple different reasons. One, including that you basically started classes almost simultaneous with starting preseason practice. That typically isn't the case. But 
how Alabama sort of gone about staggering these practices and kind of breaking them up throughout the week? Yeah, they're giving them plenty of time off. Uh, I know they started uh, Monday and Tuesday back-to-back, but those days were just in uh, helmets, uh, T-shirts, and shorts. They moved to, to shells yesterday, and they'll go in shells again tomorrow before uh, the full pads come out next week. But you know, four practices to, to start fall camp, and that's probably going to be about the norm, three or four practices each week, and then you know, they'll start having scrimmages and things like that. But um, you know, it, it's a long preseason. Uh, they're not really calling it fall camp because of what you just said. It's completely different than, than most years. But, um, you know, it's a situation where they're not going to be on the field every day. They're going to, you know, try to you know, move these guys along slowly but surely. And, um, you know, it'll start getting a little bit more ramped up next week with full pads out there. But, um, you know, for the most part, they've, they've staggered it pretty well to where, you know, almost every day there's a, uh, off day in between. And I think that's good for these guys because I think whenever they heard that the season was getting pushed back to September 26th, there was kind of an audible groan uh, coming from the facility <laughs> thinking of how long they were going to be practicing in the preseason. But, no, they've, they've done a good job of staggering it out. And, you know, we're going to have plenty of interviews you know, coming up. I know we're set to talk to players tomorrow before practice and then Nick Saban again next week. So, um, you know, it's it's weird to just have a day where there's nothing like today and, and uh, Wednesday. But, you know, I'm not in midseason form by any means. After those first <laughs> couple of days, I can tell where my conditioning is, and uh, I'm thankful to have uh-huh. some of these quiet days in between. Yeah, you know, and you, you almost have to figure on the potential for pauses if you do have yeah. some spikes or some outbreaks, and uh, gives you some flexibility there too, I would think. But Charlie, what about our Braves? Your thoughts, 14 and 11 here as we near the midway point of a 60-game schedule. First place in the NL East, Charlie, now that the Marlins have finally had to play some games, you know. <laughs> yeah, that that was always just funny <laughs> to see the the uh, the standings and where the Marlins sat because of the, just the atrocity they're going through down in Miami. But, um, no, I mean, I'm kind of thankful for this week and being busy uh, and, and not really getting to pay attention to it because it just, I mean, it's just a roller coaster. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, my favorite pro teams aren't the best. I know the, the Braves are among some of the one of the best teams in, in the majors, but just the the pitching and, and how it's went. Um, you know, sometimes it's just frustrating to watch. And then, I mean, watching the playoffs. I mean, your your favorite team's an eight seed, and they're going against the Bucks. They're able to sneak game hey, points. But I remember. One, hey, one. I remember what happened whenever they won game one against the Raptors too, and the Raptors went on to win the championship. <laughs> so I, I know what to expect. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah, one and one in that Eastern Conference series with the uh, with the freak, the Greek freak, and the Bucks. Say, uh, Charlie, as always, we appreciate the time, my friend. Look forward to the coverage. Always great at BamaOnline.com. You can find Charlie and the rest of us hanging out on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice there at BamaOnline.com. Thanks, Charlie. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter. Outstanding job as the beat reporter for us there. Senior beat reporter at BamaOnline.com. Going to come back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide. 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to Charlie Potter joining us on a Friday morning. It's a muggy one out there. Look like we got some overnight precip, right? Woke up to that. 
and then uh, hit that mid-morning walk around the old neighborhood. Paid for it in the form of humidity following those rains with the sun coming out. A little sauna action on a Friday morning to get you going. 205-342-9904, the number to call if you'd like to check in with us. Uh, before we head back to the Peterbrook Chocolates here studio line, check in with Pops coming up in our very next segment. Again, you've got professional golf all over the world taking place right now, and a lot of it involving UA alums up there at the Northern Trust on the PGA Tour, the opening round, the opening action of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the Northern Trust at the TPC Boston. Robbie Shelton followed up a 566 yesterday with an even par 71 this morning. Robbie Shelton will play the weekend. Now, Robbie is trying to get into that top 70 of the FedEx Cup point standings because if he can do that, he'll advance to round two next week at the BMW Championship in the Chicagoland area right now at five under through 36 holes at the Northern Trust. He projects in 76th position. The good news, though, is you make the weekend, you got a chance. And points triple in the FedEx Cup playoff events themselves. So uh, still have an opportunity to make a big jump here uh, in the final 36 holes of that event for Robbie Shelton. Justin Thomas with a 368 yesterday in his opening round. Uh, he'll go off here in about 26 minutes. Justin Thomas set to tee off at 12.06. He'll be in that afternoon pro golf on the cable window on the Golf Channel. You'll be able to watch Justin Thomas a lot this afternoon on the Golf Channel coverage of the Northern Trust. Justin Thomas, of course, number one overall in the FedEx Cup playoff rankings, and that doesn't look to change as things sit right now. Now, Michael Thompson, he projects into next week's BMW Championship as things sit right now in 53rd position after an even par 71 yesterday. Bud Cauley, he's even for the tournament. Uh, he just went off about 30 minutes ago, bogeyed his first hole, birdied his second hole, so he's back to even par for the tournament. And he too, like Robbie Shelton, he's got some work to do to get inside that top 70 for next week. So from the Alabama contingent looking at the PGA Tua and the FedEx Cup playoffs, looks like Michael Thompson and, of course, Justin Thomas in really good shape. Guys to watch here for the rem remainder of this day and then into the weekend, Robbie Shelton and Bud Cauley. We're going to step aside to a break. When we come back, we'll check in with the one, the only. That's right. It'll be Pops. And Pops today going to be brought to you by Houston Hydrostein. Home of the Houston Rug Revival. We've told you many, many times. Big theme of the program, right? Keep your residential, your commercial space clean. And Houston Hydrostein can certainly help you with that at 205-553-9460. Look, when it comes to personal services, home services, I'm not going to tell you about anyone who isn't dependable. And Houston Hydrostein is certainly that. 205-553-9460. They're going to clean your rugs. They're going to clean your carpets. They're going to clean your tile, your grout, wall-to-wall, -wall, floor to ceiling. Houston Hydrosteam. Quality work you can stand on. When we come back, it'll be Pops. When Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier, returns right after this. Mostly cloudy with a few passing showers and thunderstorms likely this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 85. Tonight's low, 69. Tomorrow and Sunday, occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms both days. Highs between 84 and 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Should I go? 
say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time So you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always tease, tease, tease You're happy when I'm on my knees One day is fine and next is black so if you want me off your back And we're back Well come on and let me With know more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports Right here on Tide 100.9 FM Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com With you each and every weekday morning From 11 a.m. until noon It is on that time It is that time on Friday when we check in with Pops, a little clash to bring Pops on today. Joe Strummer. I don't know if Pops ever heard of Joe Strummer. Oh, yeah. Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer of the Clash, Pops. Little, uh, should I stay been? or should I go? I can tell you right now, you need to go. Okay, so I was going <laughs> to ask you about that in terms of your relationship experience. How many times have you found yourself in that position of asking you, yourself the question of should I stay or should I go? And maybe how many times have you been asked to go? You know, maybe I, that's I, a better I, question for you. I, I, I sh- I've told myself I should go more times than I've been asked to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good batting average, Pops. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're above water on that deal. <laughs> Oh Lord! If you if you have to ask yourself that question, shouldn't you already know the answer, Pops? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. Crank that baby up and let's go. It's time to go. Yeah. You know what? It's time to go for some high school football up here, Pops. I don't know about you. I can't you believe it. I can't. Down there in the state of Florida, you guys are dragging your feet down there, Pops. I know. Yeah. We're scared to death, and I don't blame uh-huh. them. I just uh-huh. hope you know. I hope everything works and and and, and it, it it works out all right. I don't know. It's good. I, now, when they I, start I playing know. the high school football down there, will you go to any games down there? Oh, I probably I probably will. Yeah, I probably will. You know, later later on, I don't know if I'll go to the first of the season just to see if it holds up. If it if it plays out to where they're going to play, continue to play, I'll wind up going to, you know, playoff games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't asked you yet, but with this new schedule for the SEC teams, uh, what are your expectations for your Florida Gators now that you know that uh, you'll be going to Ole Miss on September the 26th and – uh, you've added a road game at Texas A&M on October the 10th. Uh, Pops, where, where are you at with, with this uh, Florida Gator team? Fighting I, I really don't. I, I, I just hope they have a winning record. <laughs> winning I mean, record, Pops? What are you yeah, I know, about? but I'm just saying, when you, look at, when you look at their schedule or any schedule now in the SEC, I mean, there's some quality games. The schedule is better now than it was before the COVID. Are you, you know, scared of There's Lane no weak teams in there. They're all SEC teams. Yeah. Are you scared of the Lane train in week one, Pops? No, 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 yeah. no, no. Not a big Lane Kiffin fan, Pops. No, I've never been a Lane Kiffin fan. I, I'm, I, I'm really disappointed in, in Ole Miss bringing him in, but I, I, I don't know. They, they might not have had a choice, but... Mm-hmm. I'd have brought in anybody. Yeah. You know? Are you scared of the road trip two weeks later to Texas A&M and Jimbo? Are you scared? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like trash. I mean, I'm, I'm, I got kind of, I, it, it's, it's not the, the players that I'm worried about. It's the, the COVID. You know, yeah. who's going who's yeah. gonna to be eligible every Friday or Saturday? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's 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 what it's hard to get my. I don't know what kind of depth they've got, uh, but uh, you know, it's, every week you're going to have your fingers crossed and toes crossed and everything else that everybody's healthy uh-huh. and going to be able to play. 
and I'm and I'm talking about on both teams, not just the Gators, but whoever their opponent is. Uh, it, it does give the backup players. I think they're going to have an excellent chance to play a lot this year. <laughs> what about the uh, the cocktail party pops? They're still going to yeah. have it in Jacksonville, Florida, Georgia. Yeah, and the Jaguars are going to play the next day. Mm. That's going to be Probably tough. Have to replace that field, aren't they? About after that. Hey, you'd think so. You, it, it, I don't know how they're going to do that, but but uh, that's the first time they've done it since the Jaguars have been playing. Well, I guess with the limited capacity, they don't have to worry about transforming that stadium, you know, because right, typically right. they have to add seats to that stadium right. for the uh, Port of They want to do that this year. Right. But, I mean, it, it, it'll, it'll be exciting weekend if – a football here in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. but, but uh, like I say, I just hope all four teams are, are healthy when they play. Now, with a limited capacity for that Florida-Georgia game, in your day, do you still think you could get in, Pops, Oh the yeah, Florida-Georgia game? Back in your day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we get in. No problem? No problem. We, <laughs> I, I mean... Every I have to admit now on on that Saturday morning when we get up and go, yeah. I'd be itchy for a ticket, you know. But it, but see, Pops, it would it's gonna be it would always electri- play out if we had one or not. We would get in. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be able to pull your drop the ticket trick because no, there's not going to no, be any tickets, no. Pops. No, drop we, your we, phone, we, I guess. We, drop the phone. When you got, it's a big difference when you only got twenty five thousand going instead of seventy five thousand. Yeah. And and the the traffic's not so thick, you know. Yeah. It's hard to yeah. barge your way in. Mm-hmm. I guess for you, you could instead, since you have to get scanned for this game, you could drop that that burner phone of yours, and it wouldn't matter, you know, because it's a burner, <laughs> and you could just leave it, right? Nobody could trace it to you, and it's, it's no, like a uh-uh. $9 phone, something like that. Oh, yeah. Convenience yeah, store. Yeah. Yeah. Nana, Nana would get on to me, but that'd, yeah, that'd get be another one. the only problem. Yeah. yeah. Hugh Freeze could get you coached up on how to do all that. You know, oh, yeah. From his old yeah. Miss days. Uh, Back in the day. He should have, anyway. He should have done Back that. in the good old days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh... What's the word on our Jags down there? Sounds like uh, Doug Marone is happier with our offensive line that includes Cam Robinson than he's been in some previous years, maybe. Well, well, uh, and and I'm the Jaguars worry me too. You know, I, I, I I'm so, I'm just scared to death they're going to have another five or six win season, and and I and I hate to see Marone gone because I like him. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping. I like the fact that they're optimistic and things look this and things look great and da da da. da. But until you 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 lock it on for real and, mm-hmm. and step between them lines and and let's play a game or two. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I I'm gonna wait and see. But I, I mean I'm I've got my fingers crossed that that it, they play 500. You know. Yeah. Well, they, they've got that that season opener in, at Tennessee. There's not going to be a crowd there, but unfortunately, I think Derrick Henry is still going to show I up. I think Derrick Henry will be there, and and that's going to be a they big test for They can just keep Derrick Henry because, out of Nissan Stadium, Pops. Yeah, yeah. we're talking about our, our uh, local hero up there playing for <laughs> the Titans, and, uh, and uh, everybody here loves Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll be wanting the Jaguars to win, but... Henry loves playing the Jaguars. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> Are you all in on Gardner Minshew? Oh, yeah. 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 They, they say they Glennon's not looking too good to back up. Oh, we geez. may have well, a new I mean, backup that, somehow. Yeah. They might be making another trade or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, I'm in with Minshew. I'm, I'm all, I'm all about Minshew. All about it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say that mid-70s Pops and Gardner Minshew are like 
spitting images pops. There's questions maybe about lineage <laughs> and things like that. You, you two resemble each other so much, oh, pops. Lord. I yeah. wish that was true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just telling you what other people say, Min- pops. Minshew is something else, man. I'll tell you. He is in a league of his own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mentally. I call I call him Joe Dirt Namath. He's like the... <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, right. The That's true. Poor man's version of Joe Namath. Joe Dirt Namath. Is what that's I call a good. That's a good label. Yeah. A good, and I mean, he can And he's very secure in his own skin. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Well, pops, uh, what's for lunch? What are we doing today? Well, I, I, Nan, I had to, to go carry her sister to the doctor, and I don't know uh, what she's got on on the on the menu, but I'm waiting on her. You don't she have any pineapple here. or something? A little pineapple sandwich today sounds good. Well, that, well, that or tomato, you know. I Been in this tomato I, sandwich, I can find some pine, I like pineapple, too, though. Uh, did our did our, uh, our counseling session we had with you last week about refrigerated <laughs> tomatoes versus room temp tomatoes, <laughs> did it have any impact on you, Pops? Oh, well, I, 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 I like, I like. You know, room temperature tomatoes, mm-hmm. but I prefer mm-hmm. them refrigerated. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, no, you know, with, with my cold mayonnaise. Yeah. And that's all pepper and fresh coach. white bread. Never, you're tough to coach. You've always been tough to coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, enjoy your lunch and enjoy your weekend. We'll do it again next week, Pops. All right, buddy. We'll talk at you later. There he goes. Pops. Just, he's tough to coach. Yeah. Pretty good teammate, but he's tough to coach, Pops. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peterbrook Chocolates here, as always. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Joe Gaither. James, the intern, helping out as well today. Lunch whistle on a Friday. Boy, you need to get by Southern Ale House right now. Get by there, get a lunch, get that ale burger. Maybe get that yard bird chicken sandwich. Maybe get that meatloaf plate with that tomato jam. Ooh, good stuff. Great dinners as well. They've got that center cut pork chop bone in with the chutney. You ought to try that as well. Everything's great at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Should I go now?